Welcome in as we get ready to talk ball here tonight as we appreciate you joining the podcast and always we appreciate our sponsors and listeners and uh, the man uh, a little ways from me normally I'd say across the counter but in these COVID times uh, a few blocks from me tonight Jeff uh, thank you as always for producing the podcast and made you work a little overtime last week huh? Yeah, it was a little long. Uh, yeah, but the the beauty about podcasts, when you know, I get approached all the time, and I know you do too about podcasts. And hey, uh, that that one was long, and this and that and the other. But the beauty about podcasts, it is it's all recorded. Um, you know, when I get through editing and then put it out there, I give you uh, Clay Sweet the times of who we had and the guest, and we put it out on social media that way. And if something piques your interest, you know, skip ahead and go to it. Pause, playback, go. Pick it up that next day. I mean, it's always there, and that's the beauty about doing podcasts. And I think that's one thing that kind of piqued mine and your interest about doing this podcast. It's not live; it's laid back. And then uh, you know, we talk to you know lots of people. We've made friends uh, throughout these seasons doing podcasts, uh, doing this podcast. So that's just the beauty about it. Hey, skip ahead, find what you want, find what you like, listen to it. Yeah, man, you talk about it too, Jeff. You brought up a cool point there, friends and guests. You know, if you would have told me when we started, we'd have a former Major League uh, World Series champ and a Mississippian on and Charlie Hayes and athletic director at uh, Southern Mill. I mean, it's, we've we've had some real, uh, real treats as guests, man. Every one of our guests we value all really the same, but we've had some guys <laughs> – and guys on that, it'd just be like, man, what in the world? You know, so that's been a, a blessing to us. But And we're two, just two country country boys live right here in Picayune. And if you'd have told me that we would have interviewed USM, great USM Hall of Fame, NFL, great NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre on the podcast for as long as we did and just down to earth and talking, I never thought that would have happened either just when we was in the process of starting this thing, so. Yeah, if I remember that day, uh, right, Jeff, I almost had a hard time convincing you that <laughs> to pull the equipment out that it was real even <laughs> as I was headed to your place. It was like, yeah, right. Anyway, all that to say we appreciate our guests. We appreciate um, the listeners, and uh, I appreciate you, Jeff. Let's jump into it, man. We've got high school football to actually recap. And then look forward to again this Friday. How does that sound, man? That's a lot of fun, huh? Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. A lot of you know, I say strange times with this pandemic. Never knew what was going to happen. I even said it on the broadcast Friday. We didn't even know if there was going to be football. Uh, several you know school districts and things going on throughout the state and around the country, so to speak, is uh, you know young men are not playing. So just to just to reach out to any football players or players or parents of players that are listening and when they listen to this podcast be fortunate that you are playing and never take this stuff for granted. But it was great to have uh, Friday Night Lights again this past Friday night. Yep, and we'll start with the game that we saw uh, live with our own eyes, and that was Popperville and Jeff Davis. That game took place up at Dobie Holden on the campus of Pearl River Community College, and uh, just two really good football teams, a 3A state champ, defending state champ, and uh, Jefferson Davis County, and then, of course, Popperville, who's played for three of the last four 4A state titles, tying up. And it was what we thought it would be, two wing T offenses that, uh, of course, when you have that uh, style, the defenses know uh, how to prep and how to prepare. Uh, Coach Mancuso, who's won eight state titles, and 
JB Truett, I'm going to call him young because it makes me still feel young, has certainly uh, made his mark on that Popperville program and really across the state. You're not going to find people that don't know about the job that Jay's done in Popperville. And that's what it was, Jeff. The game was determined by, a, I believe, an 85-yard punt return, special teams, um, missed an extra point at Popperville. And then Jeff Davis had that big punt return, and that was really the difference. Both defenses were outstanding. Yeah, both defenses held their ground, and you and you kind of knew that was that going into it that the defenses was gonna kind of take center stage uh, with these two ball clubs because uh, in a, in a way they were mirror image of running the football, but Jeff Davis, you know, kind of spread it out a little bit at times on the offensive side through the football, uh, but Popperville's defense, uh, you know, coming up big. Uh, good uh, defensive plays in the secondary, and then you know, just it was just an all all around good ball game to watch. Now mistakes, yes, mistakes on both sides, and that that is that was you know to be expected first game of the season. But what it is, it shows Coach Jay Beach, Coach Lance Mancuso that there now there is film of that game. They studied that film. They're watching that film. They now they're getting ready for this week. They were. They were out there on the field hitting somebody besides himself, and it was a real football game. Uh, so there was some up, there was some ups and downs uh, in both uh, you know both both aspects of the game, uh, both sides, offensive defense. But that's come to expect for the uh, first game of the season. That's right. The uh, senior tailback for Popperville, Greg Swan, who had a great junior year, was able to get that long touchdown, and he went for over a hundred yards for Popperville. Jeff Davis, as we said, uh, won that. Um, Ball game, and then when you go from from there, uh, Jeff Popperville takes on the Iverville this coming Friday night. That ball game will be at the Hornets Nest in Popperville, and the Iverville was able to take care of business. And we look for them to have a, a good club under Coach Dolan uh, making the trip north to Popperville. Yeah, Coach uh, Larry Dolan's no stranger to I say Pearl County football. Uh, once the head coach of the Prover Central Blue Devils. So he's no stranger seeing Popperville either. Uh, and, and, you know, that's a good Sidse school down there. They beat Wayne County 28-21 this past Friday, did the Iberville. Wayne County uh, for, for a while now has been uh, a powerhouse in the 5A, which is, you know, Pickens District, Prover County District, uh, Prover Central's District, you know, Hattiesburg. So Wayne County's been uh, been a stable in that 5A. So that was a, that was a big win for D'Iberville this past Friday night. Yep, they got the Wiley kid that's uh, committed to Coach Fleck up at Minnesota. So we'll get a view of him, saw him, are you and Jason saw him last year, him and his brother. And so they'll have a talented bunch, and that, that looks to be – one of the premier games here in South Mississippi. And, Jeff, if somebody's interested in um, how to listen to that ball game, and I'll give them the details on how to watch it, but how would they go about listening to us call Popperville football on Friday night? Yeah, easy. It's, playing. it's real easy. Go on your smartphone, Android, or your, uh, uh, your iPhone and download the MixLR app. That's M-I-X-L-R. It's a free app to download. Uh, you can go on there and search. Talking ball, y'all, all lowercase, all one word, and it'll pop up. Um, it'll be there. You can listen to it. Uh, there's a little chat room. People talk back and forth on it. I'm fortunate I can see that during the game when people are, you know, says sounds great, go Hornets. I can see all that chat. Uh, I can't always get to it and chat something back, but I'm always seeing it. Uh, but it's real easy, simple to get to, and uh, 
you know, a lot of listeners out there, and it, it was shocking last year that when we when we decided to do this and got with Popperville and told them what we wanted to do, and uh, they stepped down and went with me and you uh, for the Talking Ball Y'all Media. Uh, it was surprising to see the the followers and the listeners that we had uh, last year. Yep, and uh, Jason Baker, who does a tremendous job. Of course, you know that name. He um, is the voice of the Lady Eagles uh, basketball program for Southern Miss. Um, uh, works for some ESPN broadcasts for Southern Miss football, him and Kenny Marchant. So uh, Jason uh, graces us with his presence on Friday night in those sidelines. And it's a lot of fun, and that's how you can find us. To view it, to, to watch it on the video stream, uh, go to Popperville School District's website. I believe it's like PopervilleSchools.org, but if you put in a simple Google search of Popperville School District, right on the top, right on the top banner, uh, it will have uh, the announcement that they're streaming, and you will see the details on how to go video that stream from uh, Diamond Productions, and uh, we'll have our audio on top of it. So go check out Popperville Football. It's an extremely good product on Friday nights, and we just got to try to keep up with with what's out in front of us. So, all right, Jeff, we've covered Popperville. Let's move a little further south than that. Let's uh, the, talk about the Pearl River Central Blue Devils and what they did this past Friday night and what's to come for them. Yep, they uh, they went up to Summerall. They had some uh, cancellations on their schedule, uh, as as many uh, high schools around uh, with the COVID and the pandemic stuff. So uh, they picked up Summerall. They went up there, and it was a hard fought ball game, defensive uh, defensive ball game. The PRC comes out on top, fourteen to six. But Summerall, I, you've uh, I know you've watched and seen a little film, but Summerall's got a quarterback uh, that can really throw it around. He got hurt last year. Uh, and didn't play, you know, majority of the season when he was when he was hurt. But he's back, and he can throw the ball. There was some drop passes uh, from their receivers, you know, and it could have uh, could have went the other way. But uh, PRC, uh, their defense stood strong, come out with the win, fourteen to six. But uh, Summerall looks to be a, a tough opponent in that four A division. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, as we just talked about, Popperville, of course, that four A district. Uh, that Popperville's in, we'll see Summerall. And, you know, Andrew Abadie last week uh, covering Summerall for the Pine Belt area brought up that quarterback play and that he really thought Summerall was going to be tough. And you went back and, as you said, watched the film and saw just that. So a good win for PRC and Coach Jacob Owen to get them started. And and now they'll get a chance to come back home, Jeff. Isn't that right this Friday night? Yep, they play at home, and they have St. Martin coming to uh, Carrier up at the uh, up at Pearl River Central. St. Martin on the short end of the stick this past Friday got beat by St. Stanislaus, sixteen to twenty-one. Uh, and people see that, you know, with a six-day school at St. Martin, it's kind of kind of shocking to see that. But Stanislaus has got a good uh, good little uh, team this year in that four A, and they they're turning it around. Yep, and we'll see them on Popperville's schedule once again where we see uh, St. Stanislaus. You know, you look at that St. Martin score, St. Martin jumped out early, and then uh, St. Stanislaus was able to, to come back and win that ball game. So that'll be an interesting score to kind of keep your eye on Friday night is exactly what the Blue Devils are able to do with St. Martin. Now let's move a little further south and um, get to Picune and Coach Cody Stogner his uh, first win as the head coach there at Picayune had to go on a road, a long road trip, really, to start it off and 
uh, got that win over at Meridian, Jeff. Yep, they beat Meridian 30-20. to 20. Uh, Didn't get to – I didn't go back and see any of that or, or look at any film on that, but hearing some people talk that's been to the game, uh, kind of sloppy at times. Meridian had some fumbles, uh, you know, and – you know, could have went up a little, uh, uh, you know, could have scored the football a little bit. But the breaks, and that's the why we play football. The ball bounces. It's not a round ball. It's an ob-shaped uh, football, uh, and it, it bounces around. And, and Picking was able to uh, to do what they needed to do. They they come up defensively, uh, had some good rushing to, uh, yards, rushing uh, on, the, on, the, on the ground, did Picking. And that's what they're accustomed to is running the football. Uh, but they did what they needed to do, and they come out with the win. And that puts a uh, – one one line in the win, Colin, for uh, head coach Cody Stogner. Yep, perfect winning percentage there for our buddy Cody Stogner. And Dydell, the uh, sophomore for Picayune, looked to be off to a, a great start. As, as we know, he got banged up in that one and maybe out a few weeks. But uh, he he must have been avasmatized. I believe he had 100 yards before he left the ball game on only nine carry samples The just phenomenal uh, athlete, does a lot for that team, did a lot for that team last year. I know went over 100 yards as well. So, Picune, um has Gulfport coming to town. Is that right, Jeff? Yep, they got Gulfport. Gulfport had a tough uh, sits a uh, matchup this past Friday night. Uh, they, played, they played Oak Grove and was on the uh, short end of that stick there. Oak Grove winning 29-52 to over Gulfport. So, uh, an admiral team coming uh coming off of a tough loss is coming uh to Picune to try to uh to make that that uh that win loss column even. Yeah, and as we brag on uh, Coach Mitchell, Coach Russell Mitchell, a uh, Picune native, and what a job uh, Coach Collinsy, the head coach up there, and Coach Russell Mitchell have done that offense. Man, you look at a score like that. Against what you really, I mean, you've got to believe Gulfport's going to be a quality opponent, and you hang 52 on them uh, after a pandemic short practice and this and that. Oh, Grove wasn't really worried about it. Hung 52. That was one of the more impressive scores, really, across the state to see that to see Hattiesburg up in Laurel. I don't, I don't think a lot of people had that one. I think a lot of people thought Laurel will win that football game for the Little Brown Jug, but. Hattiesburg was able to win that one, kind of opened some eyes. Maybe Coach Vance, I heard the podcast last week and was thinking, maybe I'm not in rebuild mode here, guys. <laughs> maybe we'll uh, compete this year because that was a big win for them. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, it, that's what the word around was. And, that you know, that's the thing that we hear about Hattiesburg kind of may, maybe going to have a down year. But when you're playing a team like Laurel, and you said it was the Little Brown Jug game, when you always play in them rival games, it doesn't matter records. It could be first game of the season. It could be last game of the season. You could throw the wins and losses out the, out the door when you're playing games like that. Hattiesburg uh, stepped up to the plate. Yep, and another game that was adventurous around the state. Uh, we had Starbucks head coach Chris Jones on a couple weeks ago, and then we previewed uh, – West Point last week with Brad Locke from up in that part of the state. And so Starville was able to win that one. That was a marquee matchup to get the season started, and Starville was able to, to beat West Point. So that kind of gets you as a listener up to date locally and across the state and gives you a preview of what's coming here locally for us in Pearl River County. 
and Jeff on the national scene, you know, the NFL not having preseason and just all that's going on in in our world, the NFL has snuck up on me, man. They start football. We're recording on a Wednesday night. They open up tomorrow night. Yep, they've opened up tomorrow night. It's the reigning uh, Super Bowl champs, the Kansas City Chiefs. They play the Houston Texans tomorrow night. And I know it kind of snuck up on you. We haven't talked much to NFL, me or you, through the weeks while we're on the phone and talking. But I have my sports book stuff ha- out here the past weekend, and I was studying. So it really ain't <laughs> – it really ain't – it ain't creeped up on old Jeffro over here. But, uh, no, it's – it's it's a you know, with everything going on and, and football, you know, that's what – drives the sports world uh right now baseball's going on too basketball's ending up uh with their bubble in orlando it's getting it down almost to the conference finals but football getting kicked up it's going to be interesting you got these big venues you got these big stadiums uh no fans the saints and bucks play this uh sunday at 3 30 3 35 in new orleans and no fans in the dome so it's going to be an eerie feeling or, or watching it on tv so to speak uh, to see and, and then imagine the players going out in these big old Mercedes being uh, being Superdome. If you ever been on the floor of that thing, looking up, I mean, it's tremendously huge. And I, I know how much of a, a noise factor the crowd can be, but no fans in the stands. So it, it's going to be interesting to watch. Yep, and as you mentioned, Major League Baseball, uh, really in a stretch run, so weird with just a limited amount of games that they're playing, but – Really, a lot of teams in it, so to speak, as they're taking more playoff teams, and this is the stretch run for baseball. It's been a lot of fun to keep up with and follow the NBA. Josh Berrien from WLOX gave us the Heat report last week on the podcast, and the Heat put out the bugs. They'll compete in the Eastern Conference Finals against either the Raptors or the Celtics, but really – the Bucks didn't go into the bubble and play good basketball, but they were the odds-on favorite, at least coming out of the East going in. Uh, the Greek Freak got hurt early in that series, and they never were right. And the Heat, uh, I said this last night, not thinking, and my son made fun of me, but the Heat are on fire, and he thought that was just <laughs> as dumb as probably all the listeners did just now. But uh, they're playing extremely good uh, basketball, and so – a lot has gone on to get us here, but this is a pretty good time to be a sports fan. Uh, a lot of things clicking and going. I know the PGA uh, Tour, a big tournament uh, this past weekend in Atlanta. The PGA, I guess that's the championship. I'm going to call that maybe wrong. No, but, that, that's, um, that's exactly a right. A lot to look at. Yeah, it was exactly the, so, it was the championship, but they got the U.S. Open coming up too. With this, with this pandemic times, the way they're doing it, uh, they got some more majors coming up, you know, that's after the, the championship. Uh, so it's it's a little crazy the way things are going. It really is bizarre. And uh, we're about to hear from uh, Heath Hinton with the Big Gold Nation, which is a message board about the news. We're not ignoring Southern Miss. We're going to get there and what's going on there. But before we get to him, Jeff, the Braves – have been hurt. Abby has been hurt. I knew it was coming. Acuna has been hurt. Soroka out for the year, our stud ace number one. Free, the backup guy who's number two guy in rotation who was picked. It's like a just phenomenal ace. Then he goes down. To say all that, man, they lead the East. Just, I mean, you just can't throw nothing at them, son. They just keep on coming and are number one in this East. 
And as we're recording tonight, I've got something in front of me showing ten to two over the Marlins here in the second is, inning. So, is there any other teams in the East? Oh, well, <laughs> no, yeah, that was a crack at you. There I, you go. I knew, I well, know, man, you, I know you love go. your baseball. Oh, I was there. I was saying, where is this? What's this guy? He's gonna have a baseball take for me. I should have known I was gonna be. I, like I knew, I know All you right, love them Braves. Uh, yeah, I know. Let's get off of that. Let's visit with. Steve Hinton, once again, uh, with the big gold nation, and he'll be able to give us some insight on Southern Miss football and what's occurred up there lately. The Greater Pecuniary Chamber of Commerce provides the tools you need to succeed as a business owner and community influencer. As a member of the Chamber, your commitment has personal payback. The Chamber offers numerous opportunities to get involved throughout the year. Whether it is through networking events, committee involvement, community programs, or special events, by taking advantage of the Chamber's resources, your business can develop and thrive. Visit us at greaterpicunechamber.org or drop by our office, which is located at 201 Highway 11 North. Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we're adding new services and personnel every day. Please welcome Kimberly Carver, FNPC, to the Highland Pediatric and Primary Care Rural Health Clinic. She's another addition to our expanding family of service providers. Please call 601-358-9765 to schedule an appointment. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. We are delighted tonight to be joined by Heath Hinton. Heath is the owner and operator of the Big Gold Nation uh, website and a lot of other titles, and we'll let you find out exactly how you can read and find all of Heath's information. But uh, timely time to have you on, Heath, with all that's going on with Southern Miss football of late. So thank you for letting us steal some of your valuable time during this. Man. Man, it's great uh, great to be on with you guys. Heath, let's start this hear? way. Yeah. yeah, we can we can hear you, Heath. Let's start this okay. way. Were you um were you surprised by the resignation um of Coach Hobson and, and when it took place? Did that surprise you? I think it took everybody off guard a little bit because of the timing. I really do. I think that probably there was he probably had some knowledge that seven and five probably wasn't going to get the job done this year because um, let's just face it. Southern Miss fans want more than seven and five in a bowl. They, they want to win conference championships. So they at least want to play for the conference championship. So I think, you know, that, that had been talked about. And look, coach Hobson is a, he is such a good man. He's such a good, honorable man. The family, they're great people. I think that once he realized that, you know, he his heart wasn't in it anymore and he just didn't think he could do it, he said, look, I'm not going to stay here and milk this. Let me get out of here, give somebody else a chance. I love the school. Um, I love the people. Let me get out of here. And uh, that's how we ended up in the situation where we're at now. And he's to ask it like this, as close as you are to the program, were you surprised in the way that they uh, – let's go, I guess, a couple weeks further back than that, the, some of the student athletes leaving the program and then the way that they played on Thursday night. Were you surprised by that? 
You know, I was surprised. I wasn't surprised so much. Let me let me attack the game first. Let me get the game out of the way. I wasn't surprised that the X's and O's weren't up to par. I mean, you've got a new offensive coordinator. You've got a new defensive – well, not really a new defensive coach, but defensive coach hadn't been there for a couple of years. So I wasn't surprised that they were off X's and O's wise. X's and O's wise. But I was surprised at the lack of emotion. That was what surprised me. Um, you know, the guys leaving, I think it's just a situation of, you know, some of them were injured, some of them hadn't been there, and some of them, you know, really did worry about COVID. But I think there's some injuries involved there. I think maybe some of them are thinking now if they'd have waited a little bit to find out that, hey, even if you play this year, you get your year of eligibility back because the NCAA rules maybe right. – they would have made different decisions, but once they've already made the decision, it was already made at that point, and they couldn't change it. So I think they were making decisions based on they didn't know what the NCAA was going to do. But I think if they if they would have known what the NCAA was going to do, they wouldn't have made those decisions. Does that make sense to a certain yeah. extent? So and look, I think you know sometimes I can't say for sure, but you know. The kids got to make their own decisions, and with the NCAA rules the way they are with transfer situations like that, kids have a lot of power nowadays. They have a lot of power if they're not happy in a situation to get out. So, I, you know, was I surprised that some of them that some of them decided to transfer out with COVID? Not really. I was expecting it. You know, there was only really two guys that really left um, were – Big impact players, the rest, and, and you know, Jalen Adams, he was hurt all last, most of last year towards the end of the season. Uh, wasn't surprised that Jalen was going to opt out at all. And, uh, Jaquez and, uh, Rakeem, yeah, they were impact players. Rakeem was hurt a little bit, but the other guys, I don't know if they really would have figured that much into playing time at this point. So really, if you look at it, there's three guys there that, really made a big difference. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not surprised. It kind of shot me a little bit, but I'm not really surprised because of the COVID and everything that's happening now. Keith, when you do what you do for the website and, and talking sports, when rumors start to float and to fly, I'm sure you're probably one of the first people to hear them involved in the program. How do you kind of vet through – uh, prior to Coach Hobson making and and Jeremy McLean making their announcement, and now after the fact, uh, with I guess I've heard all kinds of wild who's maybe in this mix. Uh, what's your process kind of look like on vetting some of this information? Well, when you're talking about finding out, sure, I found out. Kind of found out Friday evening and Saturday, believe it or not. But I was asked to keep it quiet. Um, and then it got out, but I'm in a little different situation. I can't just go out and post rumors, and when somebody tells me not to say anything, I can't post it because, you know, I have people that tell me stuff, and they respect that I don't say anything. Sure. So I can't do that, and I just can't post rumors. I have to have sources. So once I was able to get a source that said, hey, this is, this is happening, which we already knew it was, I was able to put it out Sunday uh, evening. But um, your second question, when you're talking about the coaches, man, you got to look at Southern Miss's situation money-wise. Right. A lot of people have had names like Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze makes $2 million at Liberty. 
I don't think he's going anywhere right now. Um, a lot of offensive coordinators, Todd Monk and Larry Fedora, uh, they're not coming back because they can make more money being the coordinators where they're at than being the head coach here. I think you have to look at it from that aspect, look at it from coaches that are in the ACC or the AAC that are paid somewhere around two fifty, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 a year, maybe even uh, a lower-tier Big 12 that has a good offense that can come in and make a big splash. I think they're going offensive coordinator because you look at Southern Miss' track record, Jeff Bauer, offensive coordinator, good times at Southern Miss. Larry Fedora, offensive coordinator, good times at Southern Miss. Ellis Johnson, we don't even need to talk about that debacle, <laughs> but you know how that was. Mm. Um, I, was you know, hoping, ooh, I was hoping what, you just skipped wor- over that one. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. What's the worst coaching job ever in football? I'm talking ever. That's even – man, let me even put uh, Richie Kotite when he was with the Jets in trouble. Um, <laughs> then, you, then you go with uh, – then you come back with Monk and good success. Then you have Hop, and Hop had some success. I mean, his first win was a you know twenty point come from behind win at, at Kentucky. A lot of people, if a lot sure. of people remember, which was dominated. a big win. Yeah, yeah, dominated yeah. that second half. I mean, literally dominated that game. Um, so, but then it kind of tailed off towards the end. So I think you're going to see them go young offensive coordinator. If I was now, this is a joke, but if you're Oklahoma State and you're Mike Gundy, you see Southern Miss getting a new coach, you just get upset because it seems like everybody, every time Southern Miss gets an offensive coach that come from Oklahoma State, Jeff Bauer, Larry Fedora, and Todd Munkin were all offensive coordinators at Oklahoma State, which is kind of funny. But I don't is think they're going to go that weird, Just some weird oddities that, that sports will give you. That is just funny. There's always a joke. Southern Miss looking for a coach. It's a great time for the offensive coordinator at uh, Oklahoma State to uh, ask for more, ask for a raise because <laughs> he'll probably get it at this point. Um, yeah, I think they're going to go with a young offensive mind. I think uh, Kevin Johns, Memphis, Will Hall, Tulane. And, and don't forget, Scotty Walden, I mean, he could come in and do something. I'm not saying he is a Dabo Sweeney or an Ed Ogeron. I'm not making those comparisons because you can't. He's an assistant. He's there, you know. He's been a head coach, but it was a D3. But what happens if you do get a Dabo Swinier and Ed Ogeron uh, on your hands? Say he comes in and wins a lot of games, takes him to a bowl. you got to give him the job at that point. So I think you got to keep, uh, keep him in the mix, too. So it would be interesting to see what they do. But at least with it happening this early in the season, they got a lot of time to vet a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, really, you, you've mentioned the honorable thing from – Coach Hobson and um, that, however that went down for him between him and Jeremy McClain, is that part of it's a, a blessing for the program is that if Coach Walden is the guy, uh, he's got to prove it through the year, and so that's a twofold. That means you had a really good year uh, this year with some home games, of course, left on that schedule. And you mentioned the budget. I'm not sure that. Jeremy McLean in this athletic department, what kind of situation you can go out and really advertise this job for. And he would certainly think Coach Walden, if you're his first opportunity and you're giving him that opportunity would come. You hate to say at a discount, but uh, you could certainly, you would think affording. So that probably would be um, the best for everybody involved if he could uh, really make something special happen here through the remainder of this year. 
I totally agree. I think you could get him for what you're paying Hobson. And then, uh, you know, if you do have some extra money, you could go in there, guys, and get some, uh, you, you know, you could really maybe raise your money on assistant coaches and get you some more assistance or however you want to do it with the assistants. Who knows who's going to stay, who's going to go if Walden gets it. Who knows who's going to stay and who's going to go if Walden doesn't get it. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of different things as far as coaching with the money that could be a good thing. I think maybe – Jeremy probably said, all right, now this is going to happen. Let me talk to my boosters. Probably say, look, we're going to make this change. Are y'all all for it? If you are, pony up to the table and write some checks. Because we're going to have to pay somebody to come in and be a head coach. And we're probably, if we're getting somebody from the outside, it's going to have to be more than $500,000. Because I've heard names like Pete Golding. Pete Golding makes like, what, $1.1, $1.2 million at, at Alabama. He's not coming to Southern Miss for $500,000. $600,000 discount. I'm sorry. That just, that just don't happen. Um, sure, maybe want to be a head coach, but I don't know how many people want to be a head coach that bad. Um, well, and that's a weird that conversation he to have with people. I mean, Jeff and I were both Southern Miss guys. We say that probably too much on this program, but we are. We had Jeremy McLean on just a week ago, and I think he's done a phenomenal job. So it's not – it's not being disrespectful to the program. It's just real money. And when you look at uh, what we pay, even compared to our own conference, it just doesn't, you know, stack up from that job or the assistance jobs for some of these names that have been mentioned. No, and, and look, Southern Miss doesn't get a $56 million check at the end of the every year from a network either. So, I mean, if that was to happen, things might change. I'll tell you one thing I think the state could do that could really help Southern Miss out and why they haven't done that, they, I don't understand. I wish they would take the uh, ban on naming, uh, being able to sell naming rights to uh, to buildings on campus. Like, my goodness, Pete Taylor Park, there would be somebody there wanting to have the sponsorship naming rights to Pete Taylor Park or The Rock or Reed Green right. Coliseum. That is a way that you could make a lot of extra money. And I don't know why the state doesn't allow that. If they're not going to give money to the schools, at least allow the schools to use their assets to make money. And I've never understood that. So I think maybe, you know, that might be a way in the future that maybe the state could come together and be like, yeah, you know what, we need, to less, we need to slack the rules on that a little bit. And that would allow Southern Miss to bring in extra money. Take, you know, South Alabama, they got what, I can't remember it was, $50 million over 10 years or something like that for the naming rights to their stadium. And it's a bank on the coast, Hancock Bank, maybe, or Whitney. And they got those, they got that money instead of it going to Southern Miss. Think about that. Yeah, man. Think Jason that. Baker so, was I mean, talking about that last week. I mean, it's unbelievable how much money's left on the table because schools can't, you know, sell sponsorship to the athletic facilities, just athletic facilities. You don't have to sell them to the classrooms or anything like that. But sell the athletic facilities. That would be a that would be a win win for everyone involved. And and states, I mean, there's a lot of places, a lot of states that sell the naming rights to their facilities and they make a lot of money off of it. Kentucky's has the naming rights to their stadium. You know, I mean it, it's just I just never understood that from the aspect of uh, the IHL, the state board. Yeah, that's certainly a, a great point you, know, you made there. And you hate to say it, but it's hard to talk college athletics and not uh, talk money. And 
as we follow the trend of really the way that COVID has, has affected college athletics. And Jeremy McLean just last week on this show talked about what it's done uh, locally to Southern Miss. So any way that you can generate uh, some funds has to be looked at. Oh, absolutely. And you look at like a school like Iowa. Iowa is in a Power Five conference. They just had to take, what, a $17 million loan out just to stay afloat because they're not playing football right now. That's right. And Southern Miss, I mean, just think of this year. If they would have lost uh, three-quarters of the baseball season and all the football season this year, how would Southern Miss have survived? I understand there's insurance, but still, the TV money, all that, Lot, uh, the LaTeX game got picked up by ESPN, so there's going to be some money coming in from that. You know, Southern Miss, these group of fives, a lot of them had to play. Because if they didn't, they were scared that they might go bankrupt at this point. That's right. And um, so, I mean, you know, I understand COVID, but there's a line that had to be crossed that said, look, we got to have the money, so let's get out there and play. And, uh Man, it just makes it such a tough situation when you're playing behind the eight ball when it comes to money, mm-hmm. especially in a state that's, you know, let's face it, we're one of the poorest states in the nation. That's not a knock against us. It's just the truth. And you got three SBS programs in this state. Uh, it's just, um, it's just a very, it's a very tough situation for Southern Miss to be in. It is, and when your fan base may say, look how this school uh, may have passed since they've done this, it's, it's not all that hard to kind of dig into the numbers and, and see maybe why, uh, maybe some of it's perception, but some of it's reality, but uh, some of it's just based on what we're just talking about here with the with the finance and the thing. And, and, you know, something a lot of people will say, well, Southern Miss, boy, they sure were doing well in the late 90s, early 2000s. And then even when Fedora came in, it took Munkin a little while to build it. It took Munkin a couple of years now. He didn't come in winning off the off the bat. He had to, like, rebuild junior college transfers. It was tough on him. But even in the Bauer years, if you think about it, Coach Bauer, Southern Miss, if you didn't go to State or Ole Miss or one of the SEC schools, there wasn't another school like the UAB, uh, South Alabama, uh, Louisiana, well, maybe Louisiana Tech, but an Arkansas State. Uh, University of Louisiana Lafayette that you could go to. Southern Miss got all those players. That's right. And they were players that maybe a lot of times the SEC missed on, and they were really good players. You look at, I mean, you look at the past players that have been at Southern Miss, when you're talking a day, it's Thomas. Look at the linebackers, Rod Davis, TJ Slaughter, quarterbacks like Patrick Sertain, safety, like Perry Phoenix, mm-hmm. Todd Pinkston, Rod getting at wide receiver. Yeah, pros. All pros. Pros. Dumb pros. I'm pros. talking fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fine. Uh, football players. You're talking about a Derek Nix, who I still say to this day would have had one heck of an NFL career if he wouldn't have uh, got sick with his kidneys. Right. I, to this day, believe he was he was one of the best running backs I ever saw in person. As big as he was and as fast, he would have had a, a really nice NFL career. Um, it's just... You don't have that. It's harder to recruit when you're having to recruit against all these schools and you got all these states that give the money to these schools and these schools are investing in facilities and they're passing Southern Miss by. It's so hard to recruit. It is so hard to recruit. 
look at last Thursday. He, I mean, you had a program that wasn't even existent in the time that you're talking about. And they, they had some guys from the JUCO, from the Mississippi JUCO League, which makes sense because of Coach Campbell's ties. But you have some of those guys that played big parts in that win for South Alabama. And not only that, look at South Alabama's new facilities. They got a brand new football stadium. They got a brand new practice facility that's state of the art. I mean, there's a reason why kids are going there. Look at Louisiana Lafayette. I mean, back, you know, even in Fedora's days and Bauer, Louisiana Lafayette was a rather, was a tomato can. Everybody beat up on them. Mm. Not anymore. Look at their facilities. Look them up. Yeah. Look at what Louisiana Tech's done with their facilities. Arkansas State, UAB building a new stadium, and also they got a state-of-the-art brand-new practice facility. So yeah, all how these much people are, they are paying investing. Their, yeah, how much are they paying their head coach over there, too? I mean, he's absolutely 1.2 or something like that. So that's a big that's a big difference, a big gap. Well, take, for instance, uh, Campbell at South Alabama. The man before that won, what, maybe uh, four or five games yeah. uh, before this past win. And he's making more than Jay Hobson was six hundred thousand. Yeah, that's just a. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. So Southern Miss boosters and and fans are going to have to invest in the Eagle Club, and they're going to have to get the. You know, that's that's one of the ways it's going to have to change. That more money is going to have to come in, and Southern Miss has been. It's a tough situation because the city that Southern Miss is in, they're in Hattiesburg. The TV market, Tulane got picked up because they got a bigger TV market. It wasn't because they were a better athletic partner. Let's be honest. Yeah. At the time Tulane went to that uh, AAC, was it because they were a better athletic program than Southern Miss? It was because their TV market was bigger. So, I mean, there's just been so many things that affect Southern Miss that have kind of been out of Southern Miss's hands to a certain extent that I think it's incredible that Southern Miss is still competing and go in the bowls. And I think if you get the right coach in and uh, the right situation happens, Southern Miss is a sleeping giant because of where it's located. But it's going to take a lot of effort from fans and administration. That's right. Hey, tell our listeners where they can find your uh, information, man. I, I know there's going to be a lot out there in this uh, year as we wait to see who will be the head coach and see how the interim coach holds up as he's got a whole season audition here. Yeah, well, thanks for ha- thank- once again, thanks for having me on, guys. But uh, the people can go uh, find me at, at BGN Heath Hinton, also at Big Gold Nation. That's the Twitter site for for uh, Big Gold Nation, uh, southernmiss.rivals.com, or just Google Big Gold Nation is the website I just posted a minute ago, just kind of updates from uh, Scotty Walden's initial, initial press uh, presser that they had on Zoom. Um, we had the information about uh, the coaching situation. We also uh, had pretty early situation when Coach Ladner was hired. So, uh, you know, one inside information about Southern Miss and recruiting, come on and visit us. It's really cheap and uh, hope to have some people come on. It's a lot of fun. We have a fun community. And uh, once again, guys, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Heath, man. We appreciate you. Thank you for your time this evening. Hey, thank you, fellas. Y'all have a wonderful night.